Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. I'm so in love with my brother right now. <laughs> Late to the party with Nikki and Bree. Hey, it's Nikki Jensen and Bree Picconi. And we're Late, Late to, to the, the party. party, a weekly podcast about film, fashion, and pop culture from two best friends, mentally the Swan Queen. Yeah, in case you couldn't tell by our makeup. Um, yes. I guess listeners wouldn't hear wouldn't, it, but wouldn't hear see it. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Just close your eyes close and your picture eyes Black Swan and you got it. Yeah. Or Julia Fox and you got it. Yeah. They're pretty much the same. Yes. <gasps> well, imagine Julia Fox in like a follow-up version of the Black Swan. Well, I would say that Julia Fox is real life Lily. Yeah. She has that Lily energy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so today we are discussing Black Swan, and we're going to talk about the film, the fashion, Redarte. Yes. And everything in between. Everything everywhere, all at once. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. I love this film. I do, too. Like, I think I've seen it, now I've seen it three times. How about you? Like... I saw it when it came out. Mm-hmm. This was the 2011 Academy Award, like award season, was very big for me because I remember being in high school and obsessed with Tumblr, obsessed with Black Swan GIFs yes. and photos. Yeah, it was really big on Tumblr. Yes, and this is the year where I was all in. On the Oscars. All in on Black Swan, but all in on the Oscars. And I saw every single Best Picture nominee that year. Are you serious? And it started out a streak until like 2015 when I broke it, where I would strive to see every film. Well, I still kind of did that even now. But that started the year, 2010. Weren't there a lot of nominees that year, too? That was the start. Because of the 2009 Oscars where The Dark Knight was left off the ballot, this started their new kind of categories. So it would be 10 Best Picture nominees instead of like the five. Yeah. That's so wild. I feel like I only saw like a couple movies that year. Um, <laughs> Inception, of course. And what was the other one? I wanted to see The King's Speech. I still haven't seen it, though, but I... I've heard it's good. I was big about it in 2011. I haven't watched, or 2010, I haven't watched it since, but I was big about it. I know people don't like it, and people don't think it was, like, best picture worthy, and it should have been the social network, which I don't disagree, but I remember liking it. What would be, like, your top from that year? Do you have, like, any top movies from that one? Speaking from me now or from me then? Because I feel like (laughs) we're totally different people. Oh, Huh. I mean, not totally different, but, you know. I guess maybe then, just, like, where was your mind? Then I was big on Black Swan. And I still am, so I don't P. think that's changed. Then I would have been like, yeah, the King's Speech deserves it. And now... Not so much? No. I... Honestly, Toy Story 3. Toy Story maybe. 3? <laughs> it was nominated. It was emotional, though. I love Toy Story. One, two, and three. I feel like it would have just been like that would have been the like a cool 
Like they, you know, 10 years of the best animated feature, mm-hmm. you know, Toy Story. If if any movie deserved it, it'd be a Toy Story. Yeah. Except four. But yeah. Yeah. Four was like, yeah, I, I'm with you. Fuck Forky, yeah. you know? That, yeah. That's, yeah. that ain't a real toy. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, did you, I, I remember you loving Inception. I loved Inception. I think because I just am really into those kinds of movies, like The Matrix, like just like weird, like surreal stuff and like dreams. I don't know. I have some crazy dreams myself, like dreams within a dream, like all that stuff really blows my mind. And dream interpretations. Dream interpretations. Yeah. Just, I don't know. I think it was just like the theme of it. But then also I feel like CGI at the time was like really good and it was like, they're using it to their advantage and just like like they they made the worlds look like they're really collapsing and so i don't know it just looks so cool and we're in a post avatar world baby yeah i still though i still feel like black swan didn't get enough like nominations yeah you know at the time i thought i got way more and then it turned like looking back it only got five so yeah and what well it was for was it the director best director for an aronofsky um best picture i think it was best picture let me look um not costumes that's for sure i feel like it definitely should have been i feel like costumes should have been included i feel like makeup should have been included special effects like um i don't know at least like nominated yeah okay so Black Swan was nominated for film editing, directing, cinematography, best picture, and actress in a leading role, which I agree. The mm-hmm. only one I would say is off is costume design, and that should have won, but I get why it was left off the ballot. Yeah, like the controversy. Yeah, or like I feel like there's a couple controversies surrounding this film. Mm. I feel like that one's like the most non-controversial controversy in a way. Yeah. It's like the real reason I think is because Rodarte wasn't in like what, like the guild or whatever. Yeah, I think people definitely made it a bigger deal than it should have been. I'm like, yes, the costumes were great, but like, I mean, they were also collabing, right, with like Amy Westcott and like the director. It's not all like on rodarte right no no and i think they're not like you said they're not a member of the guild like that that was that that was like one of the reasons why they were just ineligible it's like a technicality yeah which fair i guess they could have nominated both of them if they were in the guild but but they couldn't like it would they you would still they could do a comma by their name you know like Mm -hmm. it's because they're not in whatever the union or the guild or whatever it is yeah so I mean, the Academy is nominating and picking the winner. So yeah. if you're not a part of a part of the bigger picture, the, like bigger picture, for lack of a better word, yeah. Well, speaking of like the 2011 Oscars, mm-hmm. uh, what were your favorites or from that year? Salt. Salt, salt, salt was up there. Do you remember Salt? I loved Salt back in the day. I loved Salt. Um, I love when she um stabs the dude after her husband is killed. Spoiler, and she like takes the wine glass and throws it down and stabs uh, the dude. That That's was the, the coolest part. part. Yeah, I loved her whole aesthetic. I love the story. I really want to rewatch it because 
now I don't remember it like as much. I just remember being blown away and be like, oh, Angelina Jolie, I love her. Sorry. Dude, no, I went with uh like I went to like Netflix and chill with a dude back in the like a couple years ago. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, oh my god, I love salt. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. And I remember watching it and he like ragged on it in the first five minutes and turned it off. Red flag. Red yeah. But also that was my last time watching Salt. I didn't even get to finish it. I didn't oh. get to see my favorite scene. Rewatch, rewatch. So it like tainted it. That's a shame. Yeah. He was more of a pepper man. <laughs> I knew you wanted to say something. You were just like. Oh, I love it. That's great. Oh. Wow. More. Oh, I have to pop. Man. I feel like Nina. <laughs> oh my gosh, Nick, you sound like, yeah. Did you pick that up on the mics? No, y'all were talking. Damn. <laughs> like you're just popping her feet over here. Yeah. The excellent sound design in Black Swan and you can't hear my yes. pops. Okay, I really strongly believe that sound design, like that should have been nominated because of the way they mix the sounds of like, like first off the score, it's great. And I know it relies, is it is it Tchaikovsky or who is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah okay so it could have been again ineligible yeah for the oscar it could but what about like the mixing or like the technical aspects of like you know like when the birds are fluttering like mixing that, those for sure the subtleties of the sound like creating a whole like um i don't know if soundscape is the word but i feel yeah. like it creates an atmosphere with the sound like everything about this movie there's like an atmosphere created agreed like when she pops mm-hmm. like everything that's like an element of the horror bits where it's very unique that just hearing like popping uh-huh can be just so like chilling and so spooky yeah just the way they edited it i don't know just the sound just sounds yeah something about it is just it's it, like, so good gets you. i think in Ince- i don't know if inception won it maybe i should i believe inception won which is very deserved the like who how do you do the, the inception noise yeah i know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> that, that, just like that just like that oh yeah i mean the inception sound design is iconic it is yeah i don't know i guess just like re-watching this movie i'm like i still read really hard. i'm like i i feel like it should win so many like all the awards i yeah like now that i'm thinking about it in retrospect I probably would have, if it was me now, I'd be so angry that the King's Speech won Best Picture uh-huh. because Black Swan, it's one of those movies where it definitely got me into more art house films yes. just in general. But also, this is one of those rare Oscar films, like Best Pictures, where it was a commercial success mm-hmm. and it's an art house film. Yes, you don't see that a lot. I remember, I remember at the time to like, for both of us, I think we were getting really into avant-garde like yeah. things like that performance art. Performance art, like this was Lady like, Gaga as well. Yes. It was the Gaga of it all and like uh the Marina Ambravovich. Like yeah. that was a, her like renaissance in the twenty tens. Yeah. I feel like I was going through a discovery at the time and just really getting deep into that world of like art, like high art and just like seeing this movie in theaters. I remember just being like, whoa, like just being like 
blown away, but also kind of relating to Nina in some ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like you're also kind of young and you're, you know what I mean? Like that perspective, I guess, and just wanting to be a ballerina. 100%. Well, like that's like such a little girl fantasy, like princesses, ballerinas. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. But like you were saying with relating to Nina. Yeah. Dude, I I think this movie, it was definitely seminal in my discovery of art house films and wanting to like dig deeper and go to school for this and, you know, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. But I also think it messed me up completely mm. because I already related to Nina so much. Like I was very shy. I was very perfectionist. I was already doing theater at that point and i was like i want to be an actor and i feel like this film i learned the wrong lessons yeah i like looked at that and i was like oh you know nina yeah she has mental illness and like psychosis (laughs) but she looks really good yeah she's really skinny which in retrospect she's like way too skinny Right. She, like, sacrifices herself for this role as well. Like, And I romanticized the hell out of that. Like, I was like, that's really cool. I'm going to romanticize everything about my life, but also just throw myself into acting and theater. And now coming on the other side, like, of everything, I feel like I took a lot of Nina traits, or maybe I just already had that, like, as a young female. So mm-hmm. I feel like it messed me up. Oh, my God. <laughs> now I look at the movie and I'm like, oh, I get. I will get into it. Yeah. But I I like Lily a lot more than I did back then. Same. Yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, my gosh, she's such a bitch. I remember like siding with Nina so much and then rewatching this. Honestly, I find Nina kind of annoying because of her level of sheepishness. But I think at the time I probably also had that same level of just like, like i'm so shy like don't you know what i mean like oh i don't want to step on anyone's toes i don't know you know what i mean like but it's like to a point of like where it's so annoying almost now because it's like girl like i don't know i mean i didn't realize she was 28 the character of nina is a 28 year old woman who's acting like this yeah oh i thought she's supposed to be like like 20 or something no she she says it in the film oh she does. does she's like 28 oh shoot which is that's that's, that's even why more you think it's up. annoying in retrospect because this girl and you're probably seeing Natalie Portman who obviously looks twenty eight yeah ish you know give her yeah yeah maybe thirty yeah, who's to say how old is Natalie Portman I don't know I thought she looked great though she did like yeah yeah that this was not a thing. dig to yeah, her no. I thought she looked great I mean very skinny though yeah maybe a little yeah. It's a little scary when you see her bones in her back. I'm like, oh. Or like every single rib. Yeah. But it adds to the horror for sure. She's 41 years old. Born in 1981. So in 2011, she would be about to be 30. Okay. Mila Kunis is 39. At the time? Or now? now. Oh, okay. At the time. I was like, wait, what? Mila Kunis really had that like long like age juice yeah or ageless juice I think I think she does though she also looks great she does I mean they both look excellent now and they look great then it's just I think to give the full like ballerina 
effect for the realism and for the creepy factor. Them losing so much weight, yeah, is very jarring. It is, especially in Natalie Portman, because she looks like she hasn't slept in days. I mean, Nina probably hasn't. Yeah, she probably hasn't, because like her under eye back, like in the mirror. I think it's also like the overhead lighting, maybe in the movie, mm-hmm. but maybe it's to also um emphasize that that she's tired. It's like malnourishment. Yeah hasn't slept because her mom's been staring at her that was spooky like i don't know and then i'm like is she sleeping and like does she just always stare at her as she sleeps like because that's pretty freaky or does she make that up because she has that paranoia yeah she could also be that's the thing this movie i love this movie and i love how you never really know what's real and what's not and it's like i don't know like i feel like watching it now i found myself looking into it a lot more like because you know there's scenes i feel like if you've seen this movie once or twice you will remember it like it yeah it's one of those movies you don't technically need to see it a bunch of times or anything you know what i mean you could just see it once i think everyone should see it once um but it makes an impression like it's so it haunts you you know what i mean and you're like trying to figure it out because it is confusing yes well i feel like it's like two brains too like I get the whole wanting to analyze it Mm -hmm. and like, what does it mean? What does it mean? But I love that it's deliberately ambiguous. Mm -hmm. So like, I love just watching this film every once in a while because it's one of my faves and like watching it or rewatching it and letting like the ambiguity wash over me and just kind of take it for what it is. Yeah. Because I think it's like an interesting character study anyways. I think it's such a like a. It's it's just, I think it's more like the psychological part of the thriller. And I love yes. all the horror aspects of Black Swan. Same. I love it. I love a good psychological thriller. Like, yes. I don't know. I'd take that over just like a gory horror movie. That's all. Yeah. I like yeah. it when it messes with your mind. I like that too. It I feel like think. it's creepy. Yeah. But you know what creeps me out the most? What? Like, forget body horror. Another type of body horror, like... In this film, she'll pick her skin. No, I know what you're going to say. And like, I, you know, you know, pick yeah. my skin. But it's not gross not when like you do that. it on yourself and not like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, and like, if someone steps on a nail in a film, that creeps me out more than anything. Like someone could murder 10,000 people and I'd be fine. And then someone steps on a nail and it'd ruin me. Oh, my gosh. No! Ah. That's unsettling. Yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. I can't deal with stuff like that. I, I can't. Yeah. I sh- There's a lot of fingernail moments in this movie too, where her she's got like bloody fingernails, and it looks like one of them was coming off or something. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Looking at her toes, like in the point after the point shoes, and when she like hurts herself. Bleh. Bleh. Oh, hey Ben. Yeah. Your mom. Wants to know who she thought would be a good James Bond. I have no clue. Uh, dude from Knives Out. Wait, no, he was James Bond. Wait, wait. I think I should. <laughs> you mean <no>. Edward Norton? <laughs> no, not Just... him. no, I think Edward uh, Norton. Edward Norton, yeah. You know, the guy from Knives Out, Chris Evans. No. I know who you're talking about, Daniel Craig. (laughs) I like the Foghorn Leghorn guy. 
On the day Armas get political. <laughs> Sorry. She's already in it. She was. She wasn't She'd Bond. Make a good James Bond. Idris Elba. Is she an Elba head? No. She Jessica Elba. That's what he should call his fans. Elba heads? No, Jessica Elba's. Like, Elba's. Like Jessica Alba. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ben, for. No. <laughs> <laughs> can you just be around all the time to like <laughs> try to explain my jokes <gasps> yeah, it's, not- <gasps> it's inside out this whole time my sock's been inside out I thought that was a style choice <laughs> really <laughs> maybe I'm sorry <laughs> um ballet core that was very ballet core can we segue yeah <laughs> <laughs> Nice segue, Nick. <laughs> you look so disgusted, Ben. I'm trying to make sure your foot's off camera so that you don't end up on the <laughs> Why? What would be my rating? We've talked about this on the oh podcast Oh my god, yeah, before. put your feet on camera. That's right, Nick. Yeah, you don't want my feet on camera. You can no. blur it out. You well, can blur it, yeah. yeah that, that's up to Brie, though. I'll yeah. pixelate it. <laughs> you pixelate my foot. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Or else someone's going to zoom Texting in. Texting your mom. Showing my feet. It's too sexual. Really <laughs> We're talking about moms. Black Swan. That's yeah. It's kind of relevant. <laughs> kind of relevant. So yeah, ballet. So ballet. Core. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so what is going on? Like, what? Why are people wanting to be ballerinas all of a sudden? I mean, I get it. Like, I'm not against it. I'm like here for this trend. I just want to say because, well. Both you and I, we both have danced. Mm-hmm. Like we've both done ballet, mm-hmm. and we revisited it in college. We did. We lived this trend essentially because we, but it was kind of purposeful. Well, that's my whole thing. The ballet core yeah. of it all. I the Nina Sarsification of yeah. style. Um, I really like ballet core. Because it's very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Because I danced, so of course, like I'm gonna fancy a leotard, yeah, and a little shrug, and like some leg warmers. Nick, yeah, I feel like you already dress ballet core. Now I that I'm thinking about it, you do. have like five different black leotards. Don't they're you? my favorite. I love well, and, like their those body sweaters, body suits. Yeah, you know everything's a leotard to me. Sweaters. I don't know. I think there's like an effortless chicness to ballerina's style or people that practice ballet mm-hmm. i will say my only gripe with ballet core is that you don't have that reverence for the art form that yeah. is ballet posers is yeah kind of like skate like skater like um skater culture where like people wearing like maybe vans or like something i don't know i don't I don't really know much about skater culture because i'm not a skater so but, I, you know would they be like posers is it like that kind of you know i would say skate culture is so much more broad like ballet core is one of those micro trends yeah that started on tiktok mm-hmm. so i feel like a micro trend it's really hard to pinpoint i do have a theory that people really being into ballet core stems from it's like an offshoot of the trend like the indie sleaze trend i think that too i was thinking because also this movie you were were talking about like Mm -hmm. being like a tumblr girl and stuff and like tumblr mainstay yeah like black swan like there are so many gifs but also ballet core was a thing at the time as well Mm -hmm. i remember but it was like more 
maybe more subtle or just more personal like it wasn't like everyone was doing it yeah well i feel like two leg warmers like remember the leg warmer trend it did have yeah leg warmers did have a moment for sure and like tight like the heavy like eye makeup like even the malivi sisters i i probably both of them but when you look back at their like 2008 to 2010 like whenever they're interviewed they're wearing that like really heavy smoky eye Mm -hmm. probably that mac black carbon or whatever that color was yeah do you know what i mean like people i think just probably stemmed from the recession wanting to be cozy going back to like basics because ballet style is very basic Mm -hmm. um functional yeah because ballerinas have to you know get off the subway go into a rehearsal space yes and layer up you gotta layer um but then also the gaga of it all so like the very performance yes showmanship of it so like both of those things equal ballet core and i feel like in 2010 it was really popular mm-hmm. for those reasons and i feel like now probably for those reasons as well yeah yeah. That makes sense. Do you think you'll participate like actively in ballet core? I feel like I could if I want. At any moment, I am ready to just dress like Nina Sayers. Yes. Mixed with Lily because I do love the color black. Yeah. What about you? Are True. you going to just go full ballet core? I really want to. I feel kind of guilty not going to like a ballet class though. You know what I mean? Like it's so much. I feel like it's so much cooler when you have somewhere to be or something to do because like like I remember like it's probably in 2010 2011 maybe having these like things well my hair is kind of short now but like it was longer and I had these they were like bun covers I think mm-hmm. we both had them and just I just remember like walking around just like little ballerina oh my god do you remember the the 2010s top knot yes Ugh. oh my god yeah is that part of i haven't seen anyone bring that back no no one's brought that back thank god i think we're gonna really see like we're either gonna feel really old because like 2013 style is gonna be back be, like mustaches and things right wasn't that around Ugh. that time yes. like the hipsterification of it all i feel nauseous thinking about the hipster slash like whatever the lime crime blue lipstick mixed with top knot style that was became ruined (laughs) like yeah dark times yeah we'll know the end times (laughs) when we get the lauren conrad bun again yeah the lauren and then the glasses with the mustache that like drop down from them you know what i mean yeah when we talk about vinyl again we know it's over (laughs) but it's not over yet (laughs) not over yet so when you think of ballet core yeah what do you think of I think of like tights, leg warmers, um, ballet flats. Ballet flats were huge and they're oh, making a comeback. I need a good pair of ballet flats. I used to have a really good pair. I think they were Sam Edelman. Sam Edelman makes the best ballet flats. I had a pair, speaking of black swan mm-hmm. style mixed with ballet core. I had a pair of Sam Edelman black flats, but the toe Instead of just like a normal toe cap, it had spikes. <gasps> I remember that. That was. I always thought those were cool. I really loved them. That I. I don't know. I should have kept them. Yeah, that's kind of edgy. I like it. I know. I yeah. Belly core with an edge. I was all about this. 
that's really fun yeah yeah i feel like i want to like get some more body suits or or leotards i don't know just straight up like you should yeah why not and i know you love the colors you can get them in funky colors yeah true mix like ballet core with another micro trend yeah with your mustache necklaces no not just mix the hipster in the ballet core oh yeah just look like 2013 just like threw up on me yes (laughs) that could be a vibe yeah no i always think of when i think of ballet core now it's a lot of like lily rose depp style oh yeah like l fanning and like a mew mew situation that makes sense yeah yeah i feel like l fanning too is like perfect for this trend like (sighs) she i feel like she embodies ballet core does she do ballet I don't know. Well, what does Elle Fanning not do? That's true. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like, well, she was in that movie, that Neon Demon, which was like a ripoff Black Swan-ish. Oh. I think like just in style, but some models or something. Oh, okay. So she got to live out her Nina Sayers dream, so. Nice. Good but, for her. I like yeah. her. Anything else ballet core related? Well, because like I know... That you're obsessed with vintage underwear. <laughs> and that's kind of ballet core to me. I am. Yeah. No, I just thought it was cool. Like, recently I had, like, discovered, like, some history on, like, the leotard. Um, just because, like, like, I follow these accounts that have, like, you know, vintage. Mm-hmm. They talk about, like, vintage clothing, vintage undergarments. And I just thought it was really interesting that, like, in 19... I think it's 50. Yeah. 1958 lycra was invented i don't know what they did exactly before then for ballet like if it was like a full kind of bodysuit like like about to juggle like a gymnast <laughs> yeah something routines. like that yeah but they had they came up with this material it's like dupont of all brands but anyway they came up with like lycra or spandex you know whatever you want to call it and it started out as like a gymnast kind of costume thing and then it worked its way to like to like aerobics and dancing and like i don't know and then ballet dancers adopted it and it's like such a core element like the leotard is like synonymous with ballet so the leotard looks good on everyone it does and lycra also is breathable Mm -hmm. and looks good on everyone it's like stretchy it's comfy yeah before i think they had like whatever material was not like it didn't really like old-timey clothes which are like if you touch them they're like so stiff and like leathery yeah it's not a vibe yeah i can't imagine but that's crazy because i thought it would be something like like a longer like i thought that that garment would be a lot older Mm. yeah leotard's not that old i guess really yeah leotard is like so like 58 yeah so like i love lucy was on the air and the lead like the spandex was being invented yeah basically i think it's like vintage bathing suits too when you th- i think they were more like cloth or something like um with some type of lining but not like they were more fitted they weren't like stretchy like now i mean not you know just if we're talking about form-fitting things i don't know it made me think of that was a good suits. invention yeah it was a very good invention I like to breathe. I like to move around. Yeah. <laughs> just like to wiggle. Yeah. I think it's been like, I guess the best thing since sliced bread. I don't know. I think so. I think 
I truly, I could go for some bread. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, like I mean, real bread or like bread? Both. Yeah. I need both. True. I just turned into a swan. I'm like, I, I'm craving <laughs> bread. <laughs> <laughs> I am the swan queen. Throw bread on me. <laughs> Why do I remember that? Like, what was that even from? Why did that exist? I think exist? I said it was a don't tread on me flag. Oh. But it was a, like a duck instead of a snake. And it said, throw bread on me. And I sent it to Nikki. She may have showed it to you. I love that. Throw bread on me. <laughs> oh. That's what all the geese say all the time. Amen. <laughs> oh, I got a pop. Make sure I get that timestamp. <laughs> the popping. <laughs> you know, speaking of popping, I think it's crazy <laughs> that, like, in the movie, Nina, like, she, like, she has an appointment with a physical therapist. Yes. But that's really Natalie Portman having a, an appointment with a physical therapist in real yeah. life, I guess, because on the set. She- it was so sh- not like i don't want to say shoestring budget yeah but they didn't have a high budget so a lot of like the training natalie portman did was you know was also filmed well no she elected to fund that herself oh but then they didn't have enough money to film you know they darren aronofsky basically was like can i come with you to a session Mm -hmm. like a pt session and you stay in characters nina that's pretty cool, though. I like yeah. that. I like that element of realism. I guess that also explains maybe the 16 millimeter camera, because that's kind of cheaper. But I like the way it looks. Yeah. this The look of this film inspired a lot of film major girlies like myself, mm. for better or for worse. But I really like the look of this film. Yeah. I, I don't know. The whole aesthetic is like... And I think the the nerd in me the film kind of nerd i guess because mm-hmm. i'm into like i don't know i'm into you know i'm into that stuff like yeah real film i don't know because now everything's like digital mm-hmm. just about so anytime i'm like oh this was on film i get excited it just looks better i love the grain of film yes and this one's like so grainy but like it's so good like if it didn't have that grain i think you wouldn't feel like i don't know it's like literally gritty Mm-hmm. And I like that. No, I, I, I just dig it so much. Um, and it's interesting. The cinematography is so good. Yeah, and I love the the. Okay, this is why Black Swan was made for Tumblr. Though there's so many shots of feet. Oh, uh-huh. there's so many like your head's not in the photo. It's very like art house macbook mm-hmm. tumblr photos you know yes which i think is why the youth rides for this film but matthew labatique or labatesque or whatever his name is what's his name yeah i think you're right the first time okay well anyways he did the cinematography for black swan and does a lot of Darren, Ofs- Darren Aronofsky films. I can't get these words out enough because he did the cinematography for Josie and the <laughs> Pussycat. Yes, I love that. Oh my god! When you told me that, I was like shook. I was like, "Whoa!" I haven't what been that jazzed 
about anything in a long time. That's really sad, but... (laughs) That sounds so cool. Can you imagine being him, like being the cinematographer for those movies? Like, I get it. I, the range for one. Yeah. For twos, Josie and the Pussycats, I think we said it when we did that episode. Mm -hmm. The cinematography is very interesting. The saturation, like they're actually trying to go for something. They're going, like it is a beautiful, like it is a visually pleasing film and like there's like blue tone like there's something like it's not just like you could have made that movie just like um like i would say like you know like say the cheetah girls for instance mm-hmm. or um what's another one that's like the Sp- spice world space World, or even like a how to lose a guy in 10 days just like a standard just standard yeah there's nothing crazy going on they're just fil- you're like oh it's a movie but it, yeah. this was like Josie and the Pussycats has like some serious cinematography it going. Has style, it has flair. That's yeah. how it became Josie and the Pussycats. You know, yeah, yeah, one of the best movies of all time. Second, second that. Um, else, so, yeah, like so. Black Swan, yes, came out in winter twenty ten. Um, it's directed by Darren Aronofsky, who did Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. The Wrestler. Yeah. Uh, he just did The Whale. Yes. Just now. Yeah. Like, just now <laughs> when we're recording. He, yeah. He was like, let's put Brendan Fraser in a fat suit and make some Oscars happen. He did Mother, your favorite. Yes, my favorite. That movie. Okay. I really enjoyed that movie until the up until the end like the ending was horrible but it's an allegory yeah but it was like disturbed it was like yeah it was just really hard to watch i mean i low-key i kind of want to watch it again just to see if i'm still feel the same way if i'm like but i do remember enjoying it the performance is really good and being like oh this is a weird movie but i like it i like weird i love weird movies I love the divisiveness of Mother, though, because people love it or hate it. And I think that's like a sign of like real art. But what if you do both? I feel like I loved it and then I hated it, but I mostly loved it. It's good. Yeah, I think like strong emotions, strong emotions is good. Being indifferent to something like that's when you know it's the pits. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I I don't think about Darren Aronofsky a lot, except that if he didn't have that m- mustache, he'd be kind of good looking. I think about that a lot. I think about him wearing scarves a lot. And that's really? all I like. That's I think about how he dated Jennifer Lawrence and Jennifer Lawrence broke up with him because he didn't like the reviews of Mother and wouldn't oh. stop obsessing about it. So relatable, King. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's that's great. So that's what I think. Not his like extensive filmography or anything of of note, just mustache, scarf man. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, I see what you're saying. Oh, oh my god, but he wears photo? he wears these terrible hats, Nikki. And a scarf. That's not a good look. He's like, it's very, it's too High School Musical. He does look like Ryan Evans from High School Musical. Yeah. But, flag, but a director. <laughs> if he became a director. Yeah. And changed his name to something cooler. 
Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. <laughs> His origin story. <laughs> His high school musical. That'd be really cool if he was like, I had enough Sharpay. I have this idea. It's kind of like what Perfect Blue, that anime, but it's going to be set in the ballet world, okay? Yeah. And then he like dyes his hair black as he's talking to Sharpay. <laughs> Puts on a scarf. Puts on a scarf. Paints on a mustache. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm Darren Aronofsky now. And he never goes back. back. Scarf. Yeah. <laughs> Puts on a newsboy. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jumps out the door. I wonder what he was wearing before. Well, fedoras, I guess. Yeah. He said no. He's like, we're newsies now. Yeah. This is how we're going to bag J-Law. <laughs> this newsboy cat mm-hmm. yeah That's <laughs> <delicious>. yes <laughs> never let her see you without it <laughs> that scarf too that like makes him it's like glued to him yeah yeah she comes in the bathroom while he's showering he's like what <laughs> <laughs> puts the hat in the scarf pays on the mustache <laughs> it's, it's like, like it's not real <laughs> he's like oh no <laughs> oh. Yeah. this would make a great movie I love this idea. It's also really patronizing to this poor man. Yeah. But I love this idea that he's just <laughs> so like, his self-esteem is just put together by his scarf and hat choices. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get him in on it, you know? Maybe. <laughs> he seems so serious and self-serious. Yeah. But-, but how can you be so serious with a hat and scarf like that? It's true. You That's know? why Scorsese had to ditch the glasses. No, he's relatable. So I don't know if we can. Scorsese ditched his glasses. Yeah, it's it was sad. It's a sad day for me. But can he see? Yeah, contacts. I get. Oh, what if he got? But he's LASIK? old. Isn't that hard to do? Contacts. Like, what if you lose them? Martin Scorsese can do anything. I want to see. I mean, is you know what? Honestly, as long as I can see his eyebrows, I don't care. Like, if he shaved his eyebrows, I'd be kind of sad. Like, or if he did, if he bleached his eyebrows. <laughs> Oh, I love him. This isn't a Martin Scorsese yeah. podcast, but yeah, if it was, I know I could go on. Oh my God, I love him. I'd be like, uh, what's the name? The girl, the Ariana DeBose girl. Oh yeah, that's like Martin Scorsese did the thing. <laughs> oh, yes. he did. He did the thing. He did truly. No words have been truer. Uh so Black Swan. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Wait, that's, is that Darth Vader music? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of sounds, you know what? The music uh, Sorry. in this movie kind of does remind me of like when Darth Vader comes out of like the spaceship or wherever he, I don't know. I, I don't watch a lot of Star Wars, but like that kind of tone. Millennium of, like, Falcon, is that correct? No. No, I don't think Darth Vader has ever been in the Millennium Falcon. Is that the good guy's ship? Yeah. It's Han Solo's. Oh. Uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Hot. Hmm. What about Chewbacca? Nah. <laughs> I don't. Too hairy. I, too hairy. <laughs> but a stormtrooper? Oh. They're hot. Like, don't take the mask off. <laughs> yeah, basically like the Darren Aronofsky effect. Like... <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> and underneath he's like Channing Tatum or someone hot, but I'm like, no, mm-hmm. nothing does it for me except except the mask. The mask. 
Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> but I do like the duality yes. of Black Swan. I enjoy that as well. Like every single scene you're progressively from like pretty much the beginning to the end, you're seeing her descend into ma- madness. Madness. <laughs> into madness. Into madness. But you're also like you're seeing someone's mental health unravel. unravel. Yeah. And she wasn't stable to begin with, but you were also seeing gradually the ideas of doubles and like the mirroring mm-hmm. and everything just progresses. Yes. Until you at the very end, like up until the final dance, you don't know what's in her head, what's not, who's actually there, who's mm-hmm. real, who's fake, everything. I love that though. It's it really takes you on a journey and it's sneaky. It's very sneaky. Like I feel like I noticed so much more watching this like for the third time because it's like there's so many quick moments that are very subtle and so like if you blink you might miss it. Like when like the some of the backup dancers like I know that their faces kind of turn to her face at some points but it happens more often than I had remembered, you know, cuz it's such like a quick yes. moment. I didn't catch like at the very beginning I, I caught it this time, but like before, I I never noticed that when she's on the subway, mm-hmm. she sees herself, and she's like, "Oh, who is that?" Because that's also a quick moment. Because if you if you miss it, all you see is like the back of this girl's head, and she's just kind of looking over there. But it's so, you know, it's like just enough. I think this movie is a good gateway movie if you want to get into like these more like tour de force, you mm-hmm. know our higher concept movies because that shot in particular it lingers on just enough where it's like directing you to look like there's obviously something there but it happens so fast that you're like you can still think about it it's a little more digestible or like palatable i think which is cool yeah like this never goes too far into like a tour dumb where they're like just trying to mess with your head for funsies, it seems, you know, or like we're too good for like device, like story devices, you know? Yeah. So this like lingers just enough, if that makes any sense. I agree. I feel like every like like I really like the pace of this movie as well, because I feel like everything has a purpose, like every scene feels like it belongs in there. Like I'm not like this movie was like shorter than I remembered as well. It's a perfect time, like 109 minutes. Yeah. Sweet spot. It's great. But everything is like, I don't know. I just feel like it's, I feel like it's the perfect movie. I think, I think so. I was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> That's Matt and Natalie Portman about this, this film. Yeah. No, I think it's like a good combo of like a heady movie and yeah, something palatable. Like I've said a million times. But. Yeah. It's definitely palatable. I love the themes too. Like there, I mean, obviously he's not like reinventing the wheel, mm-hmm. but the way he introduces these characters, like to your point before about like the devils and seeing like reflections and not knowing who it is. Yeah. I love in like most scenes, if like from far distance, you're thinking that Nina's seeing Lily, M- Mila Kunis's character, mm-hmm. but then upon like further glance or the when the girl comes closer it's always natalie portman's face it's always nina yeah so like in the like they're walking yes in the like 
was it a hallway or like an alleyway? Yeah, it's like an alleyway. You think it's Lily. Yeah. And then when she turns around and they're coming closer and she does like the double take, it's Natalie Portman. Yeah. And there's like a couple times where you're always seeing her reflection. And there's one scene which is very Joker-esque when she's in front of her mirrors Mm -hmm. and she's like talking about her day to herself or to her mom. But it looks like the way the shot is, it's like she's talking to herself Mm -hmm. in her many doubles. So it already sets up this idea like, this isn't a trusted narr- narrator, mm-hmm. so you're never going to truly know if this is in her head or not. I love that. Like, I don't know. I, I kind of have a theory, too. What's your Lily theory? So, I feel like, I don't want to say, like, she's not real. I think she is real, but I wonder if there's more scenes that she's actually imagined, like, Almost like an imaginary friend, because Nina doesn't really have any friends. No. You know? Well, her friends are her in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her mom, maybe. And her mom. But, you those know... Those bunnies, those creepy bunnies in her room. Yeah, those creepy bunnies that are like, eh. Um, so I'm thinking, like, there's a couple of scenes that really got me thinking. Um, Like, from the start. So, we see her, like when she's at that party right and like they're like um announcing who's gonna be the swan queen or something Mm -hmm. of the production show she's up there with like the instructor blah blah blah. and um lily laughs at her from downstairs which is kind of i don't know if that was on purpose you know what i mean like i don't know it's just kind of odd to me that you know in that scene she laughs a few minutes later Nina's in the bathroom. Someone's knocking at the door and it's Lily. And she's like, oh my God, hey. She's like, I don't think we've met. And it's like, she's super nice. Mm -hmm. And she's like actually making conversation. But like at the same time, I'm like, is this real? Because it almost seems like an imagined, like it's like almost too good to be true. Like she seems almost too nice. Like, I don't know if that's like, huh. It just got me thinking. I'm like, could she just be imagining this? Like she wants this to happen. Like that she wants a friend and this could be a potential friend in her mind. Like potentially i mean lily is definitely the darker side of her, her i guess if you wanted to be very like on the surface about it yeah but i think it's everything nina is not yes like nina from her you know the director you know to everyone is basically like you're too frigid mm-hmm. you're too stiff you're a perfectionist like to a fault mm-hmm. um but she gets rewarded for it for sure because she's talented, but also yeah. her mom rewards her for it. But um, anyways, I think Lily is such like um, a free spirit. Yes. And this girl that has a life outside of the ballet, which Nina doesn't, doesn't have these like weights on her like that. Like she like doesn't care about being perfect. Mm hmm. She has a life where she parties and hooks up with guys, you know? Yeah. So I think it's showing Nina this thing she really, like, desires, Mm -hmm. but that's so removed from who she is, because she's like a wounded deer. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This is just a thought, though, too. This is, it's probably, it's just like, what if, you know, like... I think she projects so much onto Lily. It's not, I don't think 
Lily is all imaginary. Yeah. But I don't think, like you were saying, all of the scenes are real. Yeah. I feel like there might be more scenes that are, like, not... I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that's wondering, like, did they even go to the club? Or did they, like... Like, obviously, the, like, the, like, lesbian scene or whatever is, like, imagined. But... Gotcha. Even but yeah, <laughs> even before that, I'm wondering like how much of that is true. Like, did she even take her out for drinks? Like, I don't know. Like the guy, bring, he only brings one meal, and maybe maybe Nina doesn't eat or something. Yeah. But what if she is Lily? Like, what if Lily's just that other side of her, and so she's using her to? It's like, like I'm going out and gives her permission. Permission. Yeah, I'm wondering if you know that's. I don't know. That's just my theory, though. I don't know how true that is, but I think so. That would make sense as to why. Like she has a really big confrontation with her mom before the going out scene. Yes, and that would make sense when she comes back. And the mom is like, where have you been? It it kind of makes it seem like she's done this before. Yeah. And also when she leaves initially to go out that night and her mom's like, where are you going? Like, she's like, I'm going out. And that's it. She never acknowledges Lily. Mm -hmm. She does answer the door, but she's like, no one's there. And I would think that if it was someone that she knew, she'd be like, oh, Nina, who is this? Like, her mom seems nosy as hell. So yeah. why wouldn't she be like, who is this? Uh, what you, you're not talking to my daughter. Like, she doesn't interject. No, all she says is you're tired, which... Yeah. If you took Lily out of that whole scene, it would still make sense and just mm-hmm. be a conversation between her and her mom, which I, I don't know. I'm suspicious that that scene's even real. And like, I don't know. Do you think she goes out and meets Sebastian Stan? Or <laughs> does she make this up? Maybe she does. She might. And she might even have been on drugs but maybe the whole lily aspect was in her mind but then they do have a conversation yeah she does go out with lily so it has to have happened i'm just like it's so weird like there's i feel like i can't make sense of it you know what i mean like which maybe is like how nina lives her life is like what's real what's not like i don't know i just i feel like this movie has so many layers so many mental illnesses (laughs) that 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 nina has yeah so many it's a lot to digest but but I enjoy it. Like, I just, I don't a lot know. lot to digest. Speaking of one of her many mental illnesses. Speaking of, yeah. yeah. Uh, isn't it so sad? I feel like it's so sad and I don't even eat breakfast. Her half a grapefruit, half a poached egg. Oh, yeah. And she's like, it's so pretty. Very weird. That's creepy to me. Yeah. Liking grapefruits is kind of creepy. Liking grapefruits? Me. Really? Just straight up. Oh, Yeah. Hands down, the worst fruit. Grapefruit. But it's acidic. It's good with some sugar. Yeah. I like grapefruit. Uh, but like the ballet diet yeah. of a half a grapefruit, like some egg, if that, and, and black it, right? coffee. They usually have black coffee, which that's that is too much acid. My stomach would be like bubbling. Like that'd be too much. I don't even know if I can handle a half a grapefruit. Those are big. Grapefruits are big. They are. Yeah. Hella tart, too. I'd be like, let's take that half. Yeah. I mean, I like grapefruit, but every day. I don't know. Maybe an orange. Maybe an orange. Yeah. They're more palatable. They're grapefruit sweeter cousin. (laughs) The white swan. The white swan (laughs) is the the orange. To the grapefruit's black swan. Yeah. Oh. 
So, so we talked about, kind of talked about if it's real or not. Yeah. All her hallucinations. One, thoughts on Winona Ryder. Two, did Winona get killed by Nina? Mm. Okay. So I'll answer the first question, I guess. Thoughts? I love Winona Ryder. I'm so glad she's in this movie, even just for a second, because I feel like it just, it probably helped her career a bit because she was, at that point, we hadn't seen her since a shoplifting scandal and maybe some bit parts. So unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But check out our episode. Why? I know. <laughs> Free Winona. Yeah. Um, But she she really plays the role of Beth very well. Um, I love that she's like, you know, very salty about everything um yeah i don't know did she did she kill well i don't know it's did nina kill her or did she kill herself or did she just hurt her like we don't even know that's the thing with this movie i feel like do we even know if anyone died for real because yeah or her she died (laughs) yeah i think she did but i don't know like ah I feel like it's, I like that ending better than, I mean, I don't want her to die, but I think it's, it says more. But it, it's empowering if Nina <laughs> just killed both Lily and Beth. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I know that, like, I used to think that she did, but now I'm like, I don't know. Watching it again, I'm like, maybe that was a hallucination, but I don't, I really don't know. I think she didn't kill them i think she killed herself and she was looking at them as kind of like a vessel or not a vessel but like a like versions of herself yeah that she wish she had the freedom to to embody yeah because she has like such a arrested development mm-hmm. you know so you don't think she killed Beth, but no. you think, so like when she has the blood on her hands, do you think, is that just like in her head though at that point? Or do you think she hurt herself? I think she hurt herself. But we just don't see that like. Because it's an unreliable narrator. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Because Beth might've been fine and. Yeah. Because that whole scene where she's like stabbing herself in the face, like that's not very realistic. You can't, I don't think you could really. But the face, it could be because she wants her it could be like a vanity thing yeah and it's not real like i don't think i don't think it's real because doesn't her face also look like doesn't nina also see herself like Mm -hmm. flash for like two seconds or Mm -hmm. like i feel like we got another one of those in that moment and that was creepy which i love the casting choice choices because natalie portman i think the natalie portman doppelganger everyone always says is kira knightley yeah, so I'm glad they didn't go full Kira Knightley. I yeah. think that's too on the nose, but I love how it's a Mila Kunis and a Winona Ryder who are definitely like typecasted the same way and have enough similarities, but look different enough to represent, you know, the Black Swan or the faded ingenue, mm-hmm. which is Nina's big fear and her mom's big fear true is to just be get older because that's what you have to deal with when you're a performer yeah that's wild yeah i remember thinking that at the time too watching the movie being like oh 
There's only so many chances. Me and my ballerina dreams thinking I still had some time. <laughs> oh. uh, well, it's funny now knowing that Nina's 28. I understand her mom's intensity a little more. Yeah, like just like TikTok, bitch. Like you're 28, you're pushing 30. You gotta, yeah. You gotta be the Swan Queen. <laughs> you just now, gotta, yeah, yeah. Makes sense, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like her mom makes sense sometimes. Not often, but... I know. In this performance, it's a little... Uh, this watch of the performance, I was a little more symp- sympathetic. Yeah. But she's still creepy as hell. I'm wondering if... Not to get too serious or trigger warning-y. Um, if the mom sexually abuses Nina... I was wondering that too, actually, this time around. I didn't pick up on this, but like when I watched it like 10 years ago, but this, yeah, I'm like, there's something really strange going on. Like all the body checks and the control, it seems like a different kind of control. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there could be something insidious going on. Um, I forgot what, there was something else that made me think that as well, but I feel like maybe, yeah. I mean, definitely not a good relationship. Like the scene when she gets the role mm-hmm. in Swan Lake and her mom has the sheet cake for her. Yeah. Um, like a Costco style sheet cake, even though it's like only the two of them. But yeah. they're ready to it was a binge. <laughs> uh-huh. Um and Nina is like only a half of that and like freaked out and the mom's like, I'm just gonna throw it all away. I'm like, that's classic, like yeah that's more on the nose emotional abuse but other things the mom says make me believe it's like it's like um real perf city yeah oh yeah i think this is more like what she said like something like uh i I can't think of what she said but definitely like creeped me out i'm like ew why would you say that like that is really creepy but she doesn't even let her the mom cuts her nails and like does everything it's like for no her. boundaries also something super creepy why does she have so many paintings of nina in that one room like like i get you know that's her daughter so you might paint a few but like the whole wall covered like no other paintings no painting nothing else like that's psycho behavior i mean like i'm so surprised nina wasn't like um you know and she's like i'm the swan queen i'm surprised she wasn't like a full mean girl it's like why are you so obsessed with me <laughs> Like, I feel that was the same energy. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard some people, like, compare this movie to Carrie as well, which I totally see with the dynamic between her and her mom. Like, mm-hmm. it's very... Like, she's so overbearing. Yes. Which is horror. Yeah. Like, I love that this movie is, like, a horror in the way that the mom's really creepy. Not because she does anything, like, supernatural. She's just abusive, and abuse is creepy. Or picking your skin off your nails until you bleed is kind of creepy. Or like body mutilations, kind of creepy. Yeah, like Darren Aronofsky, I think, is like onto something about the like the little horror elements and the little creep elements where yes. you don't have to go. Full. You don't have to go full. That's what I love. I also love um like her transformation into the swan like the physical transformation mm-hmm. like obviously it's all hallucination but it's still i always thought it was really dope like it's all it's like one of my favorite parts like like when her legs are breaking kind of into like 
swan yes. legs like it's like ugh. she's like sprouting the wings yeah but it looks like scars or like it's like chicken skin too yeah. it's like bumpy and then she pulls out it's just the tiniest feather but it's just mm-hmm. enough to like creep you out give you like that ick feeling like it's like her body is like a down coat yeah you know how you get like the loose one it starts out like that that like when i saw that for the first time i remember being like disgusted and being like horrified and be like ah but i remember like also loving it and now looking back i'm like oh i know it's just a movie but i remember like the first time i saw it i remember like it like feeling like something was under my skin for a while and being like paranoid yeah. like that thought know. is really creepy yeah but similarly to Carrie, I love how it's, well, that's more supernatural for sure. But just that idea of being like a very vulnerable, like fragile little girl. Being repressed. Yeah. Too. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But so Natalie Portman. Yeah. Won the Oscar for Best Actress for Black Swan. As she should. Okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts i think she deserved it um she did such a good job she i almost like i know this is natalie portman obviously because it looks like her but it's like i don't know she just completely loses herself in the role um just like the instructor says lose yourself um but yeah i don't know i was blown away i feel like she just is so good i agree i love the little baby voice yes I love her transatlantic accent. She sounds like Lana Del Rey to me. Like the way she talks. She's just like, ah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do you think Lana Del Rey was inspired? Was she doing ballet core and like Black Swan core then? Yes. She had to be influenced. Like just, you know, because she does like those narrative stories before the songs and a lot of her music videos or in the middle of her song, she'll just like start speaking. Like she, it's that same. It's like a baby voice. It's a baby voice. But it's also like, um. I don't know if airy is the word, but it's it's got like a like breathiness, like breathiness. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like she's thinking, but she has to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, I. I really enjoy Natalie Port- Portman's performance, mm-hmm. but also out of that bunch, I know like Annette Benning for the kids are all right. She was nominated. Mm-hmm. Um got the other nominees i know i'm like who, who um else? but but obviously this was natalie portman's year to win yeah and yeah i remember the rodarte dress she wore she was like pregnant and just like glowing and looking like a goddess yeah and just very like she has very like traditional movie star like old hollywood qualities to her mm-hmm. that are really charming kind of like audrey hepburn yes yes um and like i've been a fan of natalie portman so i was i'm in the closer hive i love closer i love her as alice i was gonna say like what are your favorite natalie portman movies like closer closer yeah black swan those are her like two what about you definitely black swan um i also love closer i would say jackie though i really enjoyed her she's really great in jackie she's really good I can't think of anything. I know she's... Oh, I liked her in V for Vendetta. It's a good one. Yeah. She never... I want to say she never misses. Then I get flashbacks to the times where she's missed. But 
collectively she's she never misses yeah in my mind there's no misses yeah we forget about the misses easier because she is so talented yeah and she's funny she graduated from harvard she's proven herself yeah she was she can have queen amidala yeah so so there's that exactly i know i want to see another i I want natalie portman to come out with another like art house movie or something i think the last thing i saw her in was like that thor movie which i mean she's good but it's not like the movie is not good so it's like yeah i really it was so weird i loved thor thor comes out the year after black or like the year that black swan wins the oscar thor comes out Mm. So it's very interesting to see her in a black swan. And then, so like that winter, spring, mm-hmm. No Strings Attached comes out okay, while yeah. she's campaigning for the Oscar and winning the Oscar, which I like her in No Strings Attached. I don't think I've seen that one, but I've seen the previews. Have you seen Friends with Benefits, which is Mila Kunis? That confused me. No, because I'm like, why isn't Mila Kunis in this? Why, you know, like this is essentially. It's the same movie. Yeah. But Ashton Kutcher is Natalie Portman's love interest, who ended up marrying Mila Kunis. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I remember being confused because I was like, wait, is Mila Kunis in this? And the, I don't know. I think all the, so that much. 70s show, like those two. I don't know. Just yeah. It's all the crossover. They were in another romantic comedy together, though. Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. I'm pretty sure. They were? I thought maybe or black swan brainwashing into thinking that they were that they were no strings attached yeah because they're like the same person yeah. i don't know yeah that's her double her double can say that now just for every role she's interchangeable yeah um but yeah so that came out no strings attached and then a couple months later thor mm. so it's very interesting like natalie Foreman has the range she does i feel like she's but. good in rom-coms too like she's i don't know she's i good. enjoy her in everything but this performance in particular is her, like, like shining moment. She had to do the physical transformation, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you want to talk about the controversy, like the big black swan controversy that, like, Sarah Lang, who did, was essentially her ballet double or just did the ballet oh. in Black Swan. Yeah. You know, she came out in an interview and was basically like Natalie Portman's camp told me to not speak on this anymore until after the Oscars. But I did all the dancing for Black Swan. It kind of seemed like a petty party, Uh to be honest, because my opinion, like my thoughts are Natalie Portman did a physical transformation in different ways. Yeah. Like there's interviews where she's talking about like her metatarsals or you know her like bones and her muscles and just working out her body to look like a dancer yeah didn't she was it was it six months or six yeah she trained for it was like a good chunk for like a year pretty much give or take but i mean of course in a year you're not going to become a ballerina no it's a she's an actor she's She's an actor Yes. So that has nothing to do with if she does like perfect pirouettes or whatever Sarah Lang. I don't don't believe she's lying. Whatever she did as far as the dance Mm -hmm. 
I don't believe that's the performance. The performance is everything else in between. Yeah. And the physical transformation is what she did to her body to like meticulous, like thinking about how dancers legs look and what muscles to work out that's where i think a physical transformation comes into play it's not if she can dance or not yeah. like that doesn't whatever so what was sarah like like why was she upset though does she want credit for something but like what was what kind of credit was supposed to be well the narrative at the time and i remember it at the time very vividly was people were like natalie portman did this physical transformation her acting is so good she deserves to win an Oscar. Yeah. Because also she became a ballerina. Like they were pushing the narrative. The ballerina That narrative. she did. And they said that she did 80 to 85% of her own stunts. That's what I, yeah, that's what I've heard. I don't. You don't think, think she did. So, but I also don't think that matters. Yeah, I don't know if it matters. I mean, I know, I'm pretty sure that they, I know she had a double. <laughs> and I know they had to like CGI her face onto the double, which is like kind of crazy, but. I I mean, she's still the one that performed, though. Like, what do you do? Like, doubles don't really get that much credit, do they? I mean, stunt no. doubles. It's in the credits. Yeah. But she's not Natalie Portman. Like, Okay, but as long as she didn't dance like Julia Stiles, like, at her and save the last dance at the end. Yeah. Like, I think she would be fine. It's not about the dancing in Black Swan that makes the performance great. No, I agree. It does add to it. It it's does. An art, but I think she's good, like for just the amount of time she had to train. But yeah, it's more. It's the whole shebang. I mean, like obviously you want it to look well, and I love that they did have a stunt double. Yeah, and Sarah Lang did beautiful movements, and that elevates it right. to make it look like Natalie Portman's doing that. Yes, but like. That's also a crazy idea that, like, stunt doubles would, like, she's essentially a stunt double, not to reduce it. Yeah. That would be crazy, though, if, like, every stunt double was just like, nah, nah, nah. I did that roundhouse kick, so, <laughs> you know, Jackie Chan should not get an MTV Movie Award and, like, go on a whole, like, side campaign. Like, that's just not yeah. how... It works. She was credited. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't really see the problem. Maybe, I guess the narrative maybe being pushed, like maybe it, some of it was untrue. So maybe, I guess, as someone doing the work or whatever, you could be kind of upset. But at the same time, it's like, what are you going to do? Because you're also in a movie and you're working towards common goal, which is like to make a good movie. Mm-hmm. And part of that is making things believable. You obviously need a stunt double. She signed up for it. Yeah. I mean, what... It'd be something else if her role was... I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't understand the problem. So, Reach, I think that Sarah Lang maybe would have been better if she didn't go on, like, Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. If she came out with a diss track. Like a yes. Rebecca Black Friday, but in the style of, like, Nicki Minaj. Didn't, you know, that, like, viral moment. Doesn't uh, Natalie Portman like rap here and there as well? So they could like be Lonely Island. They could be dropping diss tracks to each other. That would have been cool. Why not? Yeah. Or dance off. Oh, dance off. Yes. Well, Sarah Lang would probably win. Sarah Lang would totally win. Yeah, but just imagine like the the iPhone footage in the garage, just like all these like quiet dance moves. 
It's just like, beat that! Video it's like honey like the one scene in honey but it's natalie portman and sarah lang yes just all sweaty that's the way to, i think you could solve anything in like a step up style dance battle i think so too and i'm still waiting for the moment to like dance battle you know or well, like what do you say <laughs> no i'm just kidding Oh. So let's go. Let's go. You and I. What are we'd have to have like some real big conflict though if we had to dance battle, I feel. <laughs> I feel like I'd want to do like um like have a visor and do like Malibu Most Wanted, like Jamie Kennedy moves. Nice. Yeah. I feel like I'd want to start with like the running man and then maybe get crunk. Crunk. <laughs> so slip it in. Yeah. That was like a segue. <laughs> Did she crunkin'? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Um So Did we talk about the makeup? No, we didn't. I feel like I love the makeup in this movie. I feel like it's so good. I mean, especially like the scene, mostly the final, the iconic look. Mm-hmm. The Morphosis into the black swan. Yes. Like, I love how her, like, her eyes, like, the details around her eyes are just stunning. And I love how pale she is <laughs> and how perfect her face looks so symmetrical, too. Of oh, Natalie Portman, it's beautiful. Like, it's the symmetry in that gal. Mm hmm. The, but like, the, uh, it was that same year or the year after. It's so funny how quickly something can become so iconic. Mm-hmm. Like between the makeup and the costumes. Like right out of the gate, I remember us all collectively being like, this is just a costume now. That's like in the pop culture lexicon. Mm-hmm. It's the black swan. Yes. We just adopted it. Yeah. We were just like, yeah, this is the look. Yeah. That's when you know something is iconic too. Like when you did the thing. Yes. Like Angela Bassett, <laughs> when you do the thing, yeah, that's when you know. That's when you have a Halloween costume. I love the red eyes too. Like I don't know, I don't know if that was like contacts or special effects or like both, but I love that and I love her hands, like the details on her hands, like yes. the kind of shimmery, like black kind of, you know, like she's turning into to a birch. I love that. I love how meticulous and just precise it just i understand why when darren aronofsky and amy westcott saw redard the redarte pieces Mm -hmm. why they would enlist the malivi twins to do some of the costumes especially like the black and white swan looks for the film those looks are like the most stunning and iconic like and it's like those details too with the feathers which redarte still is very intricate but they you know have different themes and that one the malivi twins are so inspired by horror mm-hmm. and films i think they're directing a film now yeah they're, they're working in animation so they they're very film-minded and they love horror so they already had the ideas for the feathers and just the intricacies of all that mixed with like even in the fall 2010 show the redarte show their faces are so eerily pale, which is also like in Black Swan. I love that so much. Yeah, didn't they have like their line that 
one year was like inspired by like a raven, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. All the feathers. I feel like that's a theme in like a lot of their clothing is feathers, feathers and flowers, like We're... certain textures, like that tool. They love tool. Yeah. They're hoes for tool. Yeah. They're some tool hoes. <laughs> yes. They love the intricacies. And I know that I, it's all nature based mm-hmm. where they get their inspiration and their dad i believe it's their dad who does something with mushrooms huh. in northern california but both of their parents are like in the like that foraging mushroom oh, okay nature like yeah that kind of lifestyle and it's like they're like a the dad's like a scientist of like mushrooms a or something. something something but botanist to, botanist to do with mushrooms specifically oh, that's cool and a couple years ago maybe even last year they did a line inspired by the drawings of mushrooms that their mom did that's fun so it is like a family affair but everything seems to go back to nature mm-hmm. and nature can be horrifying at times human so, nature yeah human now <laughs> all the nature yeah yeah a lot of unknowns though so i can get why nature can be kind of creepy yeah but also very just intricate mm-hmm. and i don't know i love how they use different pieces but their fall 2010 collections the best one yeah though. no it's really good i love all the like i love all the different layers and how it is like low-key ballet core and there's different like I love the different textures like there's kind of some shimmery like satiny textures but there's also like um it's always a little bit of tulle or like some I don't know what you call it not burlap but it's like not it's not gauze either but it's like something do you know what I'm talking about like it's like a wrap like I don't know oh like there's like gauze yeah I don't know what it's called yeah, they're they're just taking all the elements. All the elements. They're like clothes foragers. Yes. They went out into the forest and just foraged some things. Yeah. It's just beautiful. It's it's couture, truly. Yes. I also love how Rodarte got put on the map by Black Swan. Mm-hmm. And they were like friends with Natalie Portman and Darren Aronofsky. Yes. Noticed them and it was just like this coalescence of like, hey, I know you. Hey, yeah. I know you. So it's very serendipitous, but I love how Rodarte now is like known for Black Swan and basically styling or doing a lot of work with Kiki Dunst, which, you know, two of my favorite things, Black Swan and Kirsten Dunst. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) I was going to say, who's Kiki? Is that her younger sister? That's what I, you know, (laughs) Kiki Dunst. We're on a nickname basis. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think in my mind, I just... That 2010 collections like drilled in like when I think of them, definitely. And I mean, for sure, the the outfits in Black Swan, like the designs in Black Swan, are so cool. The layers in the tutus, yeah. and I it's a cool exercise too because they were told by Aronofsky to reimagine. The costumes of Swan Lake, mm-hmm. and they definitely reimagined it. Like they played within their sandbox, mm-hmm. but they made it Rodarte, and they made it like in turn iconic. And they're like, you know, they doubled down on being meticulous and like the different elements and the tutus and the little like 
crystals they work with they're like the hard gem pieces yes i love those details like i feel like i've you know like some people will say like those costumes are just kind of like they're just ballet costumes but like there's so much more especially if you look closer like Mm -hmm. every little thing yeah to talk about last week it's not an amy adams 2009 oscars dress like this is this is uh just intricate and couture and yes just beautiful it's made for the theater yes i think that's why i like it it's it's someone that used to be on the stage i yeah i gravitate towards costume yes costumes costumes (laughs) costumes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so well the final scene what are your thoughts on the final scene? Because I feel like it's one of my favorites of the whole film. And just like her, you know, she's like the black swan and she's so beautiful. And then she transforms back into the white swan. And, you know, she does. She's like, she's perfect. That final scene is one of my favorites in cinema. Mm-hmm. I I love that it's like the scene we're all waiting for yeah like it's all culminating into this moment yeah this moment for nina and i i know it's like it's kind of creepy kind of saying a lot about culture like in the ballet but also in a lot of industries her relationship with vincent cassell's character mm-hmm. um toma toma yep the director but um i do love their relationship in a weird way because he does push her to actually think about these things a little more and to be confronted mm-hmm. and to stand up for herself like be emboldened and not just a little girl yeah so I love the full circle moment at the end, like literally full circle, because it does feel like the way it's shot and directed, like she's, you know, runs on stage, performs. She gets that high from being on stage, runs off to do a costume change, come back like you can feel that momentum mm-hmm. up and especially when she kisses Toma mm-hmm. and she's like in that I did the thing. You know, yeah, like she did the thing. She can be like the black swan and um express herself in that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a race until her her demise or death in a way. I think they that she Danina did all that she could do before it killed herself. Like she killed herself. Yeah. And then at the end she's finally like, I was perfect. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. I was just thinking, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of depressing. I feel like she's almost, like, free at the end, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of sad because I'm like, I don't know. There's a part of me that I'm like, oh, is she really dead? Like, I I don't know, but then I I feel like it's kind of, like, saying something, like, maybe, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's like, maybe don't strive so hard for perfectionism. (laughs) It's, like, my takeaway a bit, but at the same time. I feel like there's a lot going on with her. And I know it's like a thriller, so. Yeah. But 
Or you could interpret it as, like, she, you can give all that you can give. Yeah. To the art. But ultimately, it will kill you. It will kill you. Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. But it is worth it because she is perfect. She did the thing. <laughs> no, like, Nikki, it's not. That's not. <laughs> Like different, different strokes <laughs> for different folks. In re- like now, I would rather be Lily because Lily has yeah. lucky girl syndrome. Oh yeah, she definitely does. Lily, she yeah, yeah, she didn't. That she didn't get murdered. No, and she just like walks in. She just stumbles through life like she loves ballet, but it doesn't rule her, and she can still live a life. She and she's the alternate. Like I don't want to say she didn't really try, but you know. But I can totally relate to Nina though thinking that Lily's going to take her place yeah. or she has something that Nina doesn't have and being like, oh, that, that bitch just can walk in here and I've worked so hard. Like, I've dedicated my life to this. Yeah. Like, I can very much relate to that. Yeah. Which is why I'm a great candidate for ballet corps. <laughs> I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Um, Sponsored by BetterHelp. <laughs> I know. I feel like this movie is like so many twists and turns. It is kind of dark, but I love it. I love the like the light and dark of it all. I feel like it's mostly dark, but I love the way it's filmed. I love the final scene. I love how they do that weird zoom thing, you know, where it's like in slow motion, like her falls in slow motion mm-hmm. and it fades to white. I don't know. I do love that the movie starts out with the credits. Or not the credits, but like the title sequence. The title card's black. Yeah. And then at the end, it's all white. I like that too. Yeah. Everything's like a mirror. It's like, for me, this is the great Gatsby of movies. Yeah. Where this is the movie that really got my mind thinking and analyzing about, like, analyzing film in a deeper way. And I think it's a very easy one, too, because you're dealing with black and white right elements of red so you can do color theory and you know focusing on the shots and it it is like a like this is definitely taught in film classes now for sure i'm sure it's just like textbook yeah but it's so good like it's such a good example i feel so yes a hundred percent yeah yeah i'm trying to think what else um oh I I love too like how Lily towards the end her outfit starts getting like elements of white, like she gets like I think they're like white lines on the outside of her yes, like fit because she starts out in like all black so that's kind of interesting to me I don't know, just the whole color theory of it all yes yes it's very interesting it's just so good. I feel like I just watched the movie again in my mind. I know. It, it's like one that like I feel like just sticks with you. Like no I think I'll always love this movie. I think I will too. And I, I love the resurgence of Black Swan. And hopefully it's not just to glamorize an eating disorder in a menti B. Oh yeah, hopefully like, not. I, I think that this film's so cool and I love ballet costumes and i love i love film analysis so like this is just like (laughs) i know i was like thinking to myself i was like i don't want to get too analytical but it's so hard not to because there's so many moving parts but it's also 
I don't know. It's just so it's so good, and it just makes me think. It's like probably too hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't be thinking this hard about ballet. No, I like it. I think you should think the hardest about ballet. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I definitely want to want to get a pair of leg warmers, and maybe throw on a pair of tights, and just... live my Nina dreams. Maybe I'm taking away the wrong message. I'm like, yeah. I want to join. I want to start taking ballet classes. You know what I will do instead of participating in ballet corps? Hmm. I will throw on my funkiest scarf. Yeah. My chunkiest, funkiest scarf. I will put on a newsboy. There we go. We'll paint on a mustache. Yes. And I will be into Darren Aronofsky corps. Yeah. Corps <laughs> from now on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, um,. You could Let's start make directing. some movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's make some movies, guys. Let's do it. Yeah. But till next week. Thank you guys for, for watching, for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank the Academy from the bottom of my heart.